It is 18 past four. Time to talk some of our sporting headlines for the day. One you might have heard in Johnny Mac's news at four o'clock, and that is about Hamish Bond, rowing legend, also cyclist, now turning his hand to Team New Zealand in sailing. Is there anything that man can't do? He spoke to News Hub yesterday. Here's what he had to say. Thrilled, I guess, to, to get the opportunity. It's got a massive legacy, Emirates Team New Zealand, and to think that that can be part of my story is, is really exciting. So a great opportunity and, I guess, just one more, uh, one more chapter in the book, so to speak. He is an absolute machine. Like, that man just cannot stop. And when you look at what Team New Zealand were looking for, uh, for people to come on board as a in a kind of cyclore position, which they've brought back for the Barcelona uh, America's Cup. Two main physical qualities we were looking for are athletes that can sustain a really high power output for the length of a race, up to about half an hour, and athletes that can also achieve really high peaks in power that will be used for manoeuvres during races. Now, I've talked to grinders previously who have taught me through like their training and what the trials are like to get into that role, and it is insane. Like the the level that they anticipate and the and what they put your body through to test it is incredible. Makes complete sense to me actually when you think about it that Hamish Bond is the sort of athlete who is actually able to come through like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is is a surprise that Hamish Bond's doing this? Probably not really. Um, he when he says, "Yeah, it's another chapter in the book," it becomes a hell of a book. I know he's, <laughs> I know he's already done one. Not as good um, as yours, Beef. Oh no, it's it's very impressive. Um, I know he's done one with uh, with his great partner in crime, um, Eric Murray. But jeepers, we've, since then we've had the uh, the Commonwealth Games qualification as a cyclist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had the taking New Zealand to the the Holy Grail of the eights again, and uh, and now this. Well, some CV really is. Does it make and, you think, Beef, that maybe you could have? Um given it a crack. You probably still could. Um, did it make me think about giving it a crack? Uh, no, it doesn't. No, not at all. <laughs> um, no. There's a certain sort of uh, athlete that can, first of all, handle rowing um, and what that entails, and then it's cycling, and now doing what he's doing, as you say, how intensive the uh, the training regime and, uh, and qualification just to get into the that team New Zealand on the grinders. Mm. And the other one on that note that I've actually found really interesting, so they've uh, signed up four new athletes. So it's Hamish Bond, um, Louis Crosby from cycling, Cameron Webster from rowing, but the other one is Dougal Allen, who's actually a two-time coast-to-coast winner. And obviously just to be able to compete in that event alone takes an extraordinary amount of endurance and of stamina. So fascinating for me that he is now transitioned and it seems successfully into a boat, into using that athleticism on a boat. Yeah, well, that, that's, that is the interesting one, isn't it? It's no surprises as far as, again, the level of, I guess, endurance and uh, thirst for pain and what you can put your body through. And that's obviously coast to coast to the, to the core. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal... I just keep going back to that Hamish Bond aspect. Mm. It, it just blows your mind that, you know, he and knowing the sort of career he's had, you can't imagine, you wouldn't bet against him from being on the boat when it counts. No, not in the slightest. Can you imagine that in the, uh, in the pool room, so to speak? You've just got, how many is it, three Olympic golds? 
two in the pair and one in the eight. Is that right? It wasn't three in the pair, was it? Well, I'd have to double check. I'd have to double check. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then winning the America's Cup, as well as, like you say, the Com Games as well. Like, just absolutely remarkable. Uh, also making news on the cricket front. Uh, White Ferns coach Ben Sawyer has updated us on the situation with the captain, Sophie Devine. So they're over in South Africa uh, ahead of their warm-ups heading into the T20 World Cup. Sophie Devine has been in a moon boot for the last wee while, which is never what you want to see with a stress fracture in her foot. Here's what Ben has to say. Yeah, again, just taking it nice and slow with her. I think she'll she'll probably look to miss the, the three games against England and then um, I guess the goal is to, to play her in the two official warm-up games. So at the moment, tracking well, did what she needed to do today. I think she was walking around and, and had a little bit of a catch and a throw. So, um, yeah, she's got a bit of a program in place as to what she's got to do to get back on the park. But everyone's really confident she's going to be there for the first game. Thank goodness for that. She actually spoke uh, to TVNZ just before they left their departure uh, and was asked about the moon boot. And she said, oh, you know, physios and things, they just get a bit precious these days <laughs> about why she was in said moon boot. But she's certainly not a player that you would want to uh, see missing out. And especially in those early stages, because I think they've got Australia first up. You know, one of the, uh, it's the mainstays. And and if we've probably, obviously we kept a keen eye on the, on the, um, ladies cricket team over the, the last couple of years obviously if World Cups at home it, it seems there's about three or four that have relied on heavily uh, to get the runs and uh, she is certainly one of them. Yes indeed and now the other news I really wanted to talk to you about Babe, Brad Moore former yeah. All Blacks assistant signing on with Scotland ahead of the Six Nations. Thoughts? Feelings? Hot takes? Uh, I think it just shows, shows the power of um, the CV and uh, once you get something on your CV, regardless of your departure and the nature of it, you're you're, you're going to have employment, and you're going to have some some great employment. So, no, we're well under Brad. Uh, exciting to obviously whip into a, a Six Nations aspect. It's uh, outside of the World Cup. It's probably one of the more exciting competitions to be a part of. Obviously, it's a short, compact one. So, no, I'd imagine he's he's stoked to be back out there. And um, obviously, it would have been a tough time. On, that he's had over the last sort of six months when he, uh, I guess, him and uh, Plumtree were, were the scapegoats for, for the early season woes. So, um, no, good luck to him. And, uh, yeah, Scotland, it's, uh, oh, they could be worse places and uh, camping out in Edinburgh for a, for a few weeks of the year. And, uh, and as I said, the Six Nations, it's got so much romance about it. Mm. It's got so much theatre, so much drama, so much history. Uh, be great to be a part of, and uh, I guess it's another Kiwi in the in the coaching regime up there. And uh, good luck to him because you know, regardless of if he was the right man for the job with the All Blacks, uh, you never want to see somebody, um, I guess, exit like he did. Mm. And uh, and so I think it's I think it's good for him, and uh, and it, and it's nice that uh, you see he's back on the horse. Particularly interesting as well, like you say, a lot of romance around the Six Nations, but in a World Cup year, you would imagine. Uh, the added edge to the Six Nations that'll be there this year? Yeah, well, well so much so. I mean, I think their opener's against England. Uh, England haven't won in Edinburgh for about six or seven years, which, when you consider the wow. two strengths of uh, the playing nations, is uh, quite phenomenal. Obviously, England's going up there with Borthwick, and everyone predicts Borthwick to take them back to a real kick-and-clap sort of style. So I'd imagine that will be a torrid... Torrid Joys. Can't yes. wait. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's pressure, isn't it? And that's uh, that's result-based business. And um, a lot of people, they when the pressure comes on, and it's result-based business. The uh, the mind narrows. So that's I mean I don't know for fact, but that's what's that's what's coming out of England as far as the style of football, especially in the early doors. What the, what you'll see from England under Borfwick. So, but back to your main point. Um, yeah, great great for Bradmore. And uh, and I and when you think about it. Tell you what, picking up an international gig like that wouldn't be the worst, would it? You Not know? at all. You don't have to go through the grind of club coaching or franchise coaching of week in, week out for a majority of the year. You go in, you get your boys for a week or two before the Six Nations starts. Beautiful, great. See us later. Get together for World Cup, which I presume he will be a part of the World Cup regime if uh, if all things go well. It'd have to go drastically wrong for Scotland, and and, and going drastically wrong for Scotland would you know probably be losing Italy. You know, I think anything else is probably a decent enough campaign for Scotland in the Six Nations, but uh, pick up an odd victory here and there. Uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, fascinating. There's some fascinating tales to be told in the Six Nations. Well, I imagine as well with Moore, it's probably quite nice for him to escape New Zealand for a bit, let's be honest. Like when you're dumped that dramatically from a role like that, I imagine it's probably a bit draining, kind of just getting asked about it time and time again by people around you and in the streets and even friends and, you know, friends and colleagues who are well-meaning, I'm sure. So it's probably just quite a nice mental break more than anything. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's funny you say, you know, just get away from New Zealand. He tried to get away from New Zealand, but New Zealand pulled him out of his Welsh deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, but yeah, no, it's, um, as I said, I, I, regardless of whether he was doing a good job or not for the All Blacks, I think it's nice that, you know, as you said, after being dumped like that, he's uh, he's got himself a nice little gig there of Scotland. Very much so. Uh, hey, now we should also talk about the tennis because we are only a couple of minutes away actually mm. from the men's semi-finals starting. The first one up, Stefanos Tsitsipas up against the Russian Karen Hutchinov. Have you been watching much of the tennis beef? Yes, my girl Lazarenka. Oh. Yes, it's a shame that you've mentioned Tsitsipas because Tsitsipas was going to be a part of my um, my uh, beaver's best, but we well, can't. Oh, too early. Too early, too early. So people... Uh, if you're at home, I've just found a little power play. Sits a pass to win the first service game, win the first set, and win the match. He hasn't dropped the first set in the entire tournament. Uh, that was going to be one leg of Beaver's best, but if it's about to start, then we're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> we can't we can't use that one, but that's not stopping you or me from uh, having a little side bet on that. Uh, and probably not much point putting, certainly not on the head-to-head for the Novak Djokovic semi-final against Tommy Paul, either, no. because I think he's paying about a dollar three. Even with yep. a dodgy hamstring, you get better odds. Dodgy in quotation marks. You're getting better odds that Djokovic is dead to be in jail by the end of the Aussie <laughs> Open than yeah, Djokovic winning. <laughs> Makes me feel a bit sorry for Tommy Paul, but he is unseated, the uh, the young American. So such is life, I suppose. But you never know; stranger things have happened. <laughs> you got to be in it to win it, they say, and uh, he is certainly in it. So I tell you what, there are probably a few people cheering for him if he gets a bit of a roll on. Who, Tommy Paul? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it, it would be hard to overstate what an upset that would be, really. Novak Djokovic just looks like he's absolutely steaming towards a 10th Aussie Open title. Uh, and Tommy Paul, I doubt many of the wider public outside of avid tennis fans have really heard of up until this point. Uh, and like I say, unseated, like a batch of kind of these young Americans coming through. Who knows? Who knows?
Stranger Things Have Happened. Here's Johnny Mack with the news.